Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Pensacola, Florida, it's time for I-10 Wired Radio, brought to you by IT Gulf Coast, Florida West, and App River. Hey, good morning, everybody. Keith Overt here at I-10 Wired Radio, and this is our Women in Technology uh, episode. So I am in my studio surrounded by uh, some fantastic players in this field, and frankly, a little intimidated, but uh, we'll get through it. So I'm going to let them go around the horn and uh, introduce themselves. Hi, I'm Gretchen Clark with App River. Hey, good morning. Peg David with H2 Performance Consulting. I'm Kara Turpin with App River. I'm Rhonda White with Serious Technical Services. And I'm Bailey Bush with Serious Technical Services. Awesome. So let's start back with you, Gretchen. Okay. What do you do? Good question. <laughs> what do you not the, do? The second somebody <laughs> finds out, you're in trouble, right? Exactly. Uh, well, I uh, lead the Strategic Accounts uh, and Partnerships Division at AppRiver. Uh, I've been working there for eight years. I uh, started out as the Director of mm-hmm. Training and Development and launched AppRiver University as well as our Partner Certification Program. Fantastic. All right, Peg. I, I definitely don't know what you do. No. Uh-huh. I, I really don't. I because it, ch- it changes every day. It could change every day. Absolutely. Um, I work at H2 now. I'm actually a retired uh, civil servant for the uh, Naval Education Training for actually 20-something years and 38 years with civil service, but working for a great woman-owned small business now, H2. And I'm a program uh, manager and a program lead for a team uh, that's geographically dispersed. We do a lot of program management support for Navy Department of Defense contracts. Uh, so we help them strategize and uh Figure out what they're doing on a daily basis. Yeah, and you guys have made a pretty big growth leap here in the last couple of months, haven't you? We have, actually, yes. Uh-huh. Congratulations. Yeah, thank congrats. You. So I, I hear things in the news, but like I said, I don't get to see Holly that often. So. There you go. We'll have to tell Holly to come out of her, <laughs> Keep her, busy. Come out of her room. <laughs> Kara, go ahead. Um, I am a software developer at AppRiver. I work on the team that works on our core products, the spam filtering and web protection uh, products. So if you have our spam filtering, I'm probably personally affected with that. Yeah. Um, I've worked there for three years. Uh, I pretty much have worked on this team the entire three years. Yeah. It's a great company. Cool. Well, we're glad you joined us this morning. Thanks. Okay, Miss Rhonda, you're up. Okay, I am Rhonda White with Serious Technical Services. I have been with the company for two years. I am just recently promoted to the sales and marketing manager as of December. I have a team of two other sales reps, um, and I cover the Florida market. So we provide solutions to large IT firms um, in their staffing uh, capacity. Very good. I need the applause button, right? So (laughs) congratulations. (laughs) Okay, Bailey, you're up. Hi, I'm Bailey, um, and I am the IT recruiter at Sirius. I've been there for almost six years now, and I've been in many different positions. I started out as an administrative assistant, and I've moved in to recruiting assistant, and now I've done the promotionals almost the whole time I've been there. So I just moved into the IT recruiting, I think, two almost two years ago. Two years ago. So I'm the IT recruiter at Sirius. There you go. Okay, so one of the the questions that we have here today, and I think it's a good one to kick off with, is for you ladies, what's the best piece of advice you could give a uh, woman (laughs) moving into the technology field? 
I'll take that one, Keith. Yeah. Oh, I'd like all of you to take it, please, <laughs> since I really don't have an opinion on this one here. <laughs> <laughs> I feel pretty strongly about this one uh, based on an initiative that is uh, was launched, uh, I guess, earlier this year at TED. Uh, it's about teaching women bravery and not perfection. Uh, when we're brought up, we're taught to sit pretty. We're taught to um, do all of our research before we go into a meeting. Uh, we cannot make mistakes, get all A's. So I have two daughters myself, and this is a message that has resonated with me because I have actually been called Miss Perfect. So um, it's, it's really difficult because we do want to be organized and we do want to uh, portray that role. Uh, but I do want to teach my daughters that uh, being brave and taking risk, and even though you make mistakes, it's okay. You'll learn something from those mistakes. Uh, I'm trying to practice that myself so that they can see me doing it so I can make mistakes and I'll be okay. And I'm not perfect all the time. So that's one that is uh, really resonated with me and I think uh, should be communicated throughout. I recently uh, delivered a talk um, at the Center for Cybersecurity Cyber at UWF, mm-hmm. and uh, that message really resonated with those ladies that I spoke with. So I'm now mentoring some of them um, as they begin their uh, job search and uh, begin to embark on their professional journey. So what's their reaction? I mean, I, I would assume that the walls come down when somebody tells you, hey, by the way, you don't have to be perfect or don't be afraid to fail here because it's a trial Absolutely. run thing. Absolutely. Um, it was a big uh, message for me, and I think it opened up doors for new relationships um, because people felt that I was a little bit more approachable um, yeah. and uh, that I always didn't have to get it right. And uh, in computer science, that's actually a skill because no two people write code in the same ma- manner or the same way. So if they could arrive at the solution or solve a problem in two different ways, and guess what? It works both ways. So I, I did not know that. I thought mm-hmm. code was like code. Mm-hmm. You can, you can really. Sure. You can so there's seven code. different ways you can say it's hello. It's kind of like a recipe. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That's, that's a good point. Huh. Might not <laughs> taste that. good, but you can use it. Apparently <laughs> she's selling them five bucks. <laughs> Go ahead, Peg. You're, you're chomping at the bit here. No, no, no. One of the things I was going to say is I, I appreciate what you're saying because that's always important. I think that's important for both men and women. And today we have so many females um, in science and math, as, as Kara here was talking to me earlier, you know, as a math major and a computer science major, you've got so many opportunities. But we had opportunities before, too, um, and you're going to have opportunities tomorrow. And the one big advantage is to take advantage of the opportunities that come your way. Like you said, don't be afraid to take a risk, you know, and you want to mitigate that risk, you know, obviously, you know, obviously. do I go this way? Do I go that way? You know, but don't be afraid to jump into the water and test it. And so one of the, I think, best things you can tell young women coming up today is to take advantage of everything that does come your way, but weigh it. You know, if you don't want to go in a particular direction, don't be afraid to say no. And uh, if you want to go some other, I'll just say avenue, take advantage of that too. We have so many people kind of trying to tell you, you know, stay in a particular swim lane. Um, I don't agree that you should have to stay in one swim lane. Do multiple swim lanes and become adept at all of them, you know, or as much as you can. So lot of good uh, opportunities i think and there's going to be much more opportunities tomorrow for women so wait did i just hear you say the jack of all trades theory is okay i love the jack of all trades theory. i, I subscribe as well yeah and i've mastered of- a few so that whole master of none stuff <laughs> that, i don't Not, believe doesn't it doesn't apply to you nope. yeah no. i don't think it applies uh i've done that all my life actually uh variety of jobs uh variety of different careers a uh, variety of different falling into the it field was very interesting starting as a program manager 
and then realizing all the programs I was managing had to do with IT and IT systems and big systems. And you have to learn not just the code. Now, I don't need to know the code. I have multiple coders that work for me or work with me. However, I need to be able to manage the project from beginning to end, and that involves risk and cost and schedule and performance. And if you don't know all those avenues that are surrounding the code and what you have to do to get from beginning, you know, steps to the end, to the product, to the deliverable, uh, then you're kind of uh, at a disadvantage. So from a female or male perspective, take advantage of the training, take advantage of learning, take advantage of team building, uh, mentors, et cetera. And from a jack of all trades, absolutely master several uh, because you're going to find yourself um, just more marketable and more educated as you continue to grow and expand your role in whatever field you choose. And it may be IT today, and it may be in charge of a you know major company tomorrow, uh, where that IT training, that IT management, really helped you get to the, the top of where you want to be. So. I, I agree with that, too. And what what's big about that, too, Peg, is that we've had candidates from an IT perspective that would go and interview, but actually they would then get a job in a completely different capacity because of either the experience that they've had in the past or their personality, especially for a woman. We talked about this mm-hmm. in, in the lobby earlier. Um, an, an analyst may be painted as a particular project manager, just has to fit this cookie cutter job description. Right. But when they interview, they flourish and they become someone else. And they're, they provide, um, a different point of view than what's just in black and white from a job description. So a lot of times from, from our side of the fence, um, working with clients and working with a candidate, it behooves us to figure out well, what what really matters on paper and what really matters from an attribute that's just innate in a woman that would fit better in this skill set. Not necessarily that a man can do it better or a female can do it better. It's just they're they're. Do you see how her voice got deeper there? I like that. That, that was great character play. Thank you. I, just, I do that on the weekends. No, that's right. <laughs> But I, I think I think you're right. I think having a varied background, but also kind of f- coming to the recent college grad who is a female who thinks she has to be perfect and, mm-hmm. you know, I have to hurry up and have a career, get married and have kids. And this is the lane I'm supposed to be. This is this is the swim lane I have to be. And I have to be this developer developer. And that's not necessarily the case. I mean, she could have a nurturing side or she could have a more techie side. And so. Absolutely. I love what you I, said about the job descriptions, too, because women typically only apply for positions where they meet 100 exactly. percent of the qualification and they feel inferior if they don't. Absolutely. So, so you have tough. to have to take a risk, even putting yourself out there, even right. if you don't think you meet 100 percent of the qualifications, you should still put yourself out there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I, I got a question, though, Rhonda, because you and Bailey you all deal with candidates and the employee side of things. So. Let's face it, history is written by the winners, right? Sure. So everybody's resume is written by the winner. And through rose-colored glasses. Of course. Is there any so, other way? Well, I, well, that's actually what I'm going to ask here because um, there's been a couple other interviews that we've done where people are starting to say, uh, just take your skill sets because your skill sets can apply to multiple fields, like you were saying, that you may not even know. Right. Mm-hmm. Are you seeing that happen more and more these days? Well, and Bailey could probably attest to this more because she sees more of the resumes that come through. Resume has taken a huge 
turn from when I graduated and yeah. from what I've done. In we the didn't past. even fill out the skills section. We no. thought that was like extracurricular <laughs> activities. It's like I can ride a bike. I, did. <laughs> I can juggle. That's right. Yeah. See, there you go. <laughs> and, it, and it's and it's so different now. And the way clients want to see a resume, I mean, there are even video blogs now Absolutely. of their resume. Um, there are sometimes just where they graduated. Um, they're work experience their work experience and then their skills and then their skills so um it's not necessarily even their gpa is not even a, a criteria even more because it just so long as you have that certification now of course it de- it depends on if you have red hat experience or if you have these high red, li- red hat <laughs> or redhead <laughs> but these high higher level of of certifications yes that matters especially if you're dealing in government contracts nonetheless um resume is is completely different and and it's sometimes candidates have a full website yes they yes. do already no well, we all have linkedin so exactly. you know right which right. a lot of people use absolutely. now absolutely but they show their uh, full portfolio, especially if it's an interactive media type yeah. of or coding uh, type of uh, job skill that they're wanting to portray. Mm-hmm. You can't just come in and say, I write in you know, .NET or ASP or something like that. You have sure. to show. Mm-hmm. Yes, <laughs> so and that that's that actually a good point too, Gretchen, because we will have some um, candidates that have come through our office that are older and that still have the traditional work history skills mm-hmm education, here's my paper, you sell me. And so what we have to do or what Ke- Bailey may have to do is really dig or dig deeper into um, their personality because nowadays everyone wants the Chick-fil-A approach. Everyone wants the it's my pleasure. Everyone wants an IT person with a personality. I laugh every time they say that too. I just do. I know. Because I've read the book and all that good stuff. Because so. It makes my day better when they say that. Right? It, it does. Really it does. makes you smile. And it's, and it's so an effective term. so I've worked with term. clients that say, I, I think wanted... Kara answers the phone that way. <laughs> it's my pleasure. I don't have a phone. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Well, they took it away from her because she was answering it that way. Sure. <laughs> It, it is definitely true. I mean, clients will come to us and say, I need an IT person with a personality. I'm like, hmm. that's a purple unicorn. There's not that. <laughs> I'm sitting right here. Oh, good. We need you. We need you. So it is, it is tough. So, but yeah, that's what they say. Yeah. That's what they want. So are they one page resumes these days? Because yeah. I think the last time I wrote mine, it was like three. Nine. Yeah. Yours was nine. <laughs> there Fantastic. Is a lot. Wow. What did you do in high school? Yeah, you did fill out the skills section. What did you do in high school? Yeah, that doesn't matter anymore. Yeah, I do a lot of um, uh, interviews, actually. They like the team to interview people who might come to work at Mm -hmm. Upriver because it's important that the team all agrees that they really like the person that might come work with them every day. And we we try to ask questions. Like, they might be silly, like... um, if you were an animal, what would you be? Or something just to be, you know, if they look at you like you're crazy, then, hey, you might not be a good fit for this team because we're all crazy. <laughs> <laughs> your animal your animal does not play well with others. <laughs> yeah. Um, but what I find really important is that some people do try to put things on the resume that they actually don't know anything about mm-hmm. because they want to get in the door. And then when we ask them questions, hey, you put this on your resume. Tell me a little bit about that. And they're like, oh, I don't know. Well, don't oversell yourself. Yeah. You know, just it's important. To so be that's usually followed up with, but I'm a fast learner. Yeah. Right. Right. And that is important. <clears throat> and 
what we really appreciate is a person who says, you know what, I don't know anything about this thing that you're asking mm-hmm. me about, but I'm not afraid to Google it. Right. Um, that's a very important skill, by yeah. the way. Well, but you, you bring up a point that actually Gretchen had here, which was jobs or talent, right? So w- when you are all building your teams or hiring people, I mean, what are you looking for first? Exactly. This is a huge debate uh, in industry and academia. So academia doesn't want to build curriculum or programs for jobs that don't currently exist. And then economic development basically says, well, we can't bring them here unless they know (laughs) the curriculum is being taught. So it's that whole chicken and egg conversation that I'm sure that everyone in this room uh, has experienced. So the question remains, you know, where do you start? And uh, I've been I'm on a few boards and have had several discussions with the academic folks as well as economic development folks. And uh, they think the other one comes first. You know, they're they're constantly pointing the finger. So um, I'm always excited to get those people in the same room and having that that conversation. Peg, you had something? No, it's the same thing. I agree with you. Um, academic versus industry and commercial and, and various skill sets. You know, when we go looking for a candidate, in some cases, we need to find a particular candidate for a particular job who may have a history of that knowledge, what we call a subject matter expert. But once we find we get that person in there, if they're only regurgitating what they used to know or what they currently know and they can't really blend in with the team or blend in with where that project's going, then they're not really that much value to us. Mm-hmm. And so you've got to be able to assimilate into, I'll just say, I hate to say the Borg collective, but a lot of times to stand out, you have to be a, in part of the collective first. And part of that means you have to understand the job, understand what the client wants from you, and how you can get there. And there's a lot of growth opportunities even in that as well. So, Kara, what have you seen? Um, well, one thing I've noticed is that there's... Um, so in technology, in technology, things are changing constantly. Mm-hmm. And what's important is that you can change along with it. You can't get stuck in your patterns. You can't be the kind of person to say, you know what, I did Pascal and I'm stuck in with Pascal because you know what, we don't <laughs> need that anymore. Right. Um, so uh, what's important is that you are still able to constantly learn. Like you don't say, I went to college, I learned, I'm done. You have to be a le- everyday learner. You have to, every single day of my life, I'm faced with a challenge that I don't understand and I have to figure out how to um, overcome it, you know, and, and there's probably never going to be a day in my life where I'm not learning something new. And you, you just basically have to understand that that's a part of business. And if you don't understand that, or if you refuse to accept that, then you're really not going to go very far. You're going to get stuck. Absolutely. Um, And Keith, (laughs) that goes back to what you were saying in terms of, uh, you know, the skills part of it. Adaptability is a big skill in technology. Learning that, is a skill. I would agree. And this is probably a perfect time to plug I-10 Wired because it's the continuing education portion of it Absolutely. as well. And, and going to particular summits like I-10 Wired and getting involved and kind of reaching your arms around your your network of people, the, the types of individuals that you work with and expand your horizon and, and listen to all the breakout sessions and, um, you know, they may be a, available to have a continuing education credit. So even for those that are very narrow minded, well, if this is not going to benefit me, well, then why would I want to do it? Well, some of these summits actually do provide that. And I-10 Wired in October is going to be a perfect platform for that. And um, this year, they're really kind of taking a different approach when it comes to expanding to cybersecurity and the catch the flag. I mean, it's going to be amazing. It's, it it's really going to be is. fun. Yeah. So we'll be, we'll be hanging out plug. there. Absolutely. Plug away by all means. Love it. 
<laughs> yeah. The thing about summits, uh, what you were talking about, is you don't have to go there for a specific purpose or, you know, specific need. Um, right. You can go there and be surprised. Absolutely. And see what's going on. That was this on. guy. I never lived in this world before. <laughs> <clears throat> totally went as Business Radio X and have been sucked in ever since. That's awesome. <laughs> Seriously. That's exactly and not just because want. of the guy techie thing. Like, the collaboration, the community, Absolutely. watching all these businesses work together, this like complete swell of growth for where I live and where I want my children to live. Love it. Was like motivation. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. Sorry, I just had to throw that no, in go there for because it. I think that's important I to agree. go have that yeah. aha moment. Yeah. Well, and part of that too, as we talked about last year at I-10 in October, was how do we expand that down the coast of I-10? Sure. Mm-hmm. We had a great guest speaker that came in from, I think it was Fort Walton. And basically, um, Tallahassee and areas like that, we need to bring them in. We've got Mobile over to the West. Um, and we certainly bring, uh, you know, the group here that comes to the table, but there's so much more that, you know, Northwest Florida can engage in. And, uh, networking is a big thing. You talked about that and, and getting involved and networking and knowing the people or meeting people, you right. know, in your field or other fields because you want to bring that to the table. And that really, I think, is the biggest advantage you get out of the I-10 summits and the I-10 various conferences that you go to and others. Um, it's not so much you can sit there and listen to something and say, oh, I've heard that cybersecurity or there's something new. However, comma, you know, when you want to engage, I mean, the biggest, I think, advantage um, and the, for the uh, younger people coming to those conferences is really to engage with people and talk to them. I found the biggest thing I like to do is when we have some of the college graduates come to I-10 Wired and other younger folks, is to really say, hey, here is what is available to you in this corner of the world. And here's what you can do to advance, you know, whether it's working for App River or somewhere else or H2 or or a larger, small company when we call them. Um, But also, where do you want to be in five and ten years? And people tend to forget that as you're in the moment. You know, where do I want to be? Am I going to be in Northwest Florida? Am I going to raise my family? Am I going to have my grandchildren? Or I'm going to move to the mountains and come back to Florida, you know, and be a snowbird, that type of thing. So it's very important to talk to other people and other companies and figure out what they're doing and how you could take advantage of leveraging and teaming together. Um, H2 was just actually entered into a mentor-protege concept with a larger company, Booz Allen, which most of you know. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things there is to engage in strategies and best business practices as you grow as a small company. App River, for example, has grown enormously in the last year. So how do you take advantage of some companies that have come before you? And that's, I think, where we can actually um, have the young folks that come to the summits also take advantage of that. So as they're coming out of college and getting in, entering into the workforce, where do we want to see them in five and 10 years? And they're going to be your you know, folks that are coming behind you. So how do you grow them and how do you keep them and capture sure. that talent? It, right. You know? The retention of talent. Exactly. And that is what we are coming across at Serious Technical Services is that when we do have companies come to us and look to us to be that subject matter expert and find the person with this, you know, purple unicorn type of uh, experience. Well, I'm, it's because I'm, I'm going to find a way to buy one or make, make one or something. <laughs> or some purple unicorns, the right. easy buttons. <laughs> well, it's because companies like App River are developing those internal programs to retain their talent and they don't want them to leave. Right. Bailey has some statistics that she can share when it comes to um, looking for what was the, the amount of the percentage of the people that are actually available in the workforce mm-hmm. with this particular experience. So when we post a position, there may only be 10 people that have that experience within the Southeast. Yep. That's huge. And then 
Companies like H2 or GBSI are limited because of a government contract can only pay a particular cap. Well, this individual now that's working for Google makes, you know, $250,000 a year. Why would he want to come to Escambia County? Why would he want to come to Florida and to work a government contract? You see what I'm saying? So it is, it is all about retention. It's all about retaining that, that top secret clearance knowledge with X, Y, and Z. So, um, yeah, developing those types of programs is, is vital. Rhonda, are you and Bailey seeing uh, a demand for cybersecurity in this area just because of the heightened uh, awareness of it in the military contracts, companies like AppRiver, uh, Avalex, um, as well as the new programs Shh, don't that, tell PSC, anybody. <laughs> that PSC, uh, Pensacola State College and mm-hmm. U- University of West Florida launched? Are you guys seeing uh, more demand for that? Yes. Um, we partner close with some of those companies that you just mentioned and to find those types of candidates. And yes, That's awesome. some of those are hard and fast requirements. And if they do not have their DOD clearance, um, there are ways we can circumvent that um, through the through the client. The client uh, may at times be able to revive their clearance um, depending on the contract. And government contracts are they are what they are. There is no getting around them. So, and, and, exactly. and even that's Peg's world. She, that's she, right. She knows that one all too well. The red tape is the red tape. It is exactly. There's and a lot of and red you, tape. there is no wiggle room when it comes to their um, salary either because the government mandates what they mm-hmm. should make. So, it's what's your advice tough. for up and coming students in those programs? What do they need in order to be considered for those positions? Be flexible, really mm-hmm. and truly. That is probably, it's really not necessarily a skill set. Just to be able to kind of understand that or understand that if you're going to go into government contracting, that there are limitations for you. But if you enjoy that and you enjoy maybe working a two-year contract and then in you may be laid off after two years and then you have to go find something else. If they enjoy that capacity, then that then that's for them. Mm-hmm. Not everybody's cut from that same cloth. Some some of our IT candidates want a job and they want to work for instance, at River from now until they retire. And that's okay too. But those government contractors, they are used to that. They're used to the, to the, the peaks and valleys. So there, there's another uh, interesting point there with cybersecurity though. I'm an old cybersecurity person as well. Um, like I said, Jack of all trades, master of a few um, and cyber, whether it's in the military or commercial is obviously more and more prominent and more and more required and you need the folks that understand the underlying groundwork so you've got technical skills you've got certifications industry certifications cybersecurity plus others that have to be done for a contract but you also need them for your commercial world whether it's a radio station or a banking institution or a, a local company here sure. in town that's not IT they need the same type of cybersecurity and um I'll, I'll just say a cost of risk avoidance that you need to take the measures to protect your online company, your online records. Um, if you're using Dropbox or something else to share files, how do you know those files are secured and protected? So the skill sets that are coming out of college are one thing. There's a book learning knowledge. Mm-hmm. Now you've got to become versed in what do I really need to do out there to protect X company? You need to get industry certifications. You need to keep abreast of the certification. If the one thing we know is change is constant, then cybersecurity is one of those that's moving at lightning speed. And it's hard to keep up. And if you fall behind, you're going to be like the COBOL programmer who, I'm not sure, Kara, if you remember COBOL. or, um, But we still need folks that understand COBOL sure. that are still maintaining IT systems that are 20 and 30 years old right. until you can transition them to 
maybe a more common or current, you know, software language. Cybersecurity is going to be like that for every time you fix something, whether it's a malicious code or somebody hacking into a network, you're going to have to do doubly hard because somebody's going to learn the algorithm that you applied to fix it. And so there's a constant upheaval, a constant knowledge that has to keep churning. So for your side, um, hiring folks and having those skill sets is you may have to hire someone that's got maybe an 80% you know, mm-hmm. knowledge. Sure. And then you've got to let them continue to grow that. So that's staying ahead of whatever the next cyber, you know, issue is. And that's, from young people perspective, well, that is huge today. Huge. huge. And the business model of the technology industry is a yeah. failed one in that sense because the U.S. have the largest gap because of the speed of the industry, right? Correct. So you can't go in here saying, hey, History 101, the no. Commodore 64, but, you know, I yeah. mean, you have to learn all that stuff, but things have to be designed so that when you're in college, you're, you're, you're past that and you're learning skills to adapt to change right. and thinking about all these things that are yet to come. That's, that's a really interesting point, Keith. There's a huge uh, discussion in the IT world about degrees versus vendor certifications yeah. and uh, which one are better, which one are more important. Um, you know, does one supersede the other? Uh, can <clears throat> they join to forces, sure. <laughs> if you will, as yeah. for our Star Wars fans out there? Um, you know, uh, how, how do we handle that? Because, uh, at App River, we look, uh, positively on both. So, mm-hmm. um, there's advantages, uh, to both, but we do encourage our staff when they are employed at App River, uh, to continue their education through certification training to, uh, maintain the updates in the technology. So, for example, we sell, uh, Microsoft hosted exchange in Office 365. Well, those platforms have been updated numerous times. I got one yesterday. Course. Exactly. Yeah. So, but we have to be on the other end of those consumers um, and business owners that are calling us and saying, hey, what do I do now? So we have to stay ahead of the curve on that stuff. And certification is definitely the way to go. However, we have a ton of people like Kara uh, with uh, dual majors um, that has have, have degrees and there's certainly um, advantages uh, to that. Kara, did you have anything to add? Well, actually, the one thing that I noticed right away when I started working at AppRiver is um, some of the uh, best developers that were at AppRiver, some of the best developers I've ever met, didn't even have any degree or any certification. On the job training. They just they're, are self-taught. Um, mm-hmm. There's a guy that I worked with who actually has said on multiplication uh, on. <laughs> multiple times that he has been developing since he was four years old. I'm like, what? That's awesome. <laughs> like, but, uh, what's important is that you find a way to learn the skill. I personally am not, you know, I probably never would have become a developer had I not gone to college. And that's just me. And some, and a lot of people are like that college is the right way for them. But what's important is finding a way to learn the skill. If you can go online and watch tutorials and teach yourself how to become a very good developer, uh, then, hey, then that's the best way. But certifications are nice because once you've already gotten in there, I don't see what a certification, how a certification could benefit somebody who has no idea how to code. But what I find is that I need need to constantly remember that it's important to do what I do very well because like you were saying earlier, there's seven ways to write the same piece of code, but that doesn't mean all seven are good. Uh, (laughs) You can, there there are plenty of programs out there that technically function, but they are not smooth, you know? So you, 
So you want to constantly learn, how can I do this better? How can I do this faster? Especially faster is very important. Um, but you don't just like magically wake up one day and realize how to make it faster. You have to figure that out, you know, and certifications are one way. So what happens when you find the Pegasus? Yeah, that's Mm -hmm. right. That's right. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, you bring up a good point. Um, someone at Afrover learned how to code when they were like four years old. You said, I think, Mm -hmm. uh, that's important for our community to listen to and understand because all of our students, whether they're in kindergarten now or they're in high school or in college, they're not competing against just their classmates anymore in the classroom. They're competing with every student in the world. And that's really hard for us to grasp. So we need to be preparing them for that challenge. Um, we actually partner with companies all over the world at App River and work with uh, different uh, teams. And some of their staff have reported to us that they learned to code when they were in elementary school. Um, they're taught a second language uh, when they're in elementary school uh, in hopes that they can come to America. Usually their second language is uh, English so they can come to America um, and work and, uh, you know, live. the. But it's something that we need to think about here. Uh, my oldest daughter is starting kindergarten next year, and uh, I'm debating whether to get her involved in uh, a STEM program and or a second language um, so maybe she can learn Spanish or or another language, um, just because that's not something that we have grown accustomed to teaching uh, in our uh, school systems here. I don't know uh, in terms of recruiting or mm-hmm. peg with your job if that those skills are important, but we have customers and partners uh, internationally. So it's definitely important for us to know not only a computer second language, <laughs> but a uh, speaking second language. Yeah, because let's face yeah. it, your phones can only translate so much. Well, you'd be surprised what your mobile apps can do today. Um, you know, translating, sitting there listening to one language and having it translated in no, your ears. I was ear totally speaking Mandarin this morning. Exactly. Yeah. You know, that's great. That awesome. sounded like me too. But no, languages <laughs> are a good skill. And and uh, when we say languages, there's different languages like computer languages and stuff. I mean, you've got your little one. I've got grandkids. And my seven-year-old has been um, doing Coder Dojo. My oldest granddaughter yes. is doing Coder Dojo. I was um, going to say that. There's others. It, right. In, in my generation it's, didn't have any of this, the way correct. that schools are going now, but you can really start picking your field at third, fourth and fifth grade. They absolutely do. And they, I really think it, it helps their learning in different cases. Um, uh, whether it's, uh, you know, growing skill sets, I know the math and sometimes and the logic problems actually help. Um, in my day, we called them word problems. Now it's logic problems. Uh, and it, it's important, you know, to be able to figure out those types of um, areas there that you want to advance in. And you say you go back to where, um, again, women, you know, what are some of the things that you really can do to bring that to bear at your child's age, your grandchild's age, your teenager's age? You know, I'm not sure if there's too much you can bring to bear at the teenage years. Uh, <laughs> let me tell you, you, I know you haven't been through it, but I've got you, your number. Got I'll be calling you. Great enlightenment coming your way. I was productive in my teenage there years. You go. Just not on and when you know, so that my parents thought was important, right? When you look back at that now, that's the first thing you think of. I yeah. was a great teenager, you know? And then when your kids get I was there, getting it's going to be... the jack of all trades skill set. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, and you want to let them do that, you know? Yeah. It's very hard to say you're only going to do this, you know, football and go after the scholarship. What happens if you break that knee and you never get to play football again? Yeah. What do you fall back on? Coaching, yeah. maybe. But, you know, there's a lot of different skill sets. And and part of that, the the self-paced learning, you talked about at CARE as well. Um, there's a lot to be said for that. I would never discount anyone. I mean, look at Einstein for, you know, didn't have a high school education. Exactly. Um, you know, he kind of did pretty good for himself. Um, but at the same time, the future is, uh, you know, and unfortunately, even in today's current events, you see whether it's globalization or not. If you want to be out in the skill set, I remember living around the world and there were 
in Japan came across Australians, you know, on the, on the subway. And they were like fascinated, like, why are you here? And what are you doing? And, you know, can you speak Japanese? And of course we're not, we couldn't, you know, and thank goodness there were, you know, English signs on the, uh, the metros and the train stations. And they thought that was very um, that was strange of us that we couldn't speak extra languages young because so many other countries te- teach English starting at kindergarten and first grade. Absolutely. And they become fluent. And they don't only just become fluent in one, they become fluent in multi. That's correct. And multi languages. And so the advantages, I think, are when does the U.S. catch up maybe in terms of education, whether it's for females in STEM, which they're doing great strides now, or other areas that are going to help our children and your children be much more marketable, you know, in the world as they get into their 20s and 30s and 40s and, you know, want to start an IT company. You know, App River did it. H2 did it. Um, several other companies have done it. Um, Rhonda's doing it next week. There you go. <laughs> go, Rhonda. So, and what do you need to know to get there? It's not enough just to know how to code. Yeah. You've got to manage and have acquisition skills and business skills and all of that that makes up, you know, a, a successful company. So, so one of the really cool things that um, I have used with my daughters that uh, Ann Novikowski actually taught me. Isn't she awesome? Who did the whole girls who code thing was to just let them know they had a place in the technology world. If that's something that they wanted to do, whatever it was that they wanted to do, let them know it's out there. And if it's not, go create it. It's okay to go create it. You know, interesting. You would say that too, because I never felt um, as a youngster, again, different generation here growing up that we weren't empowered. And I think the one thing you can do, whether regardless of generation is empower your children, empower your boy empower your girl to know that they can do whatever it is they want to do and be whatever they want it is whether they're going to grow up and create a purple unicorn or something else i have a purple granddaughter believe me she's made a lot of purple unicorns um and you wouldn't have it any other way but you've got to empower them and know them and instill that values in them at a very early age because i think somebody said one time once the child reaches the age of seven you know, a lot of their, their, You're their done. patterns They're done learning. <laughs> are set. Not so much learning, yeah. but, you know, you've already set that in motion. And it's very hard to change a lot of that at that 7, 8. Becomes, they're coming, becoming very conscious of the world around them and what their place is in right. the world. Right, and I agree. You know? And I don't think that the the age concept of girls being submissive yeah. is the concept anymore. I mean, the whole... Well, and, you. you know, it, it's still, you know, I think just even as a mother myself, mm-hmm. and I have a, a small daughter... Um, being submissive in some aspects might be okay or apropos in, in, in a particular area of her life, but not necessarily in her career life. Um, so yeah, taking the, the bull by the horns and being anything you want to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, well, and I also think too, you know, when I was going through school or whatever, I mean, these were the jobs that were out there. It had never been mentioned to me in such a, I guess, welcoming form of, well, if you don't see it, go do it. But in the last 15 years, oh yeah, there's a huge entrepreneurial movement, if that's Absolutely. really what you want to call it. But we're in a day and age where you can really create any job you want because somebody out, if you people can find value in what you do, you can charge money for it. Period. Uber is a prime example. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, I look at my daughters and I say, go do whatever you want to do. And honestly, go do whatever you want to do. When somebody said that to me, I was like, yeah, but it's within these parameters, right? Right. Those parameters are gone these days, I really think. And one of the things that I take, or is, is the entrepreneurship. So as I'm, I have serious ADD, creative ADD. So, um, listening to all the people talking stuff and even listening to y'all, you are all spouting challenges and I'm seeing opportunities because 
these are all things that you're challenged, right? Well, this is somebody else's skill set that can either come work for you or start a company or, mm, sure. you know, do whatever it is that they really have fun doing. Somebody needs it. I promise you. Love it. Absolutely. Well, sorry. <clears throat> to um, her point, I, uh, my mom was 41 when she had me. And so the generation, generational gap there was huge. And so whenever she was going to college, like she had secretary or teacher, those were her, or nurse. Those were the options. Like they were so limited. So when she raised me, rather than limiting me, she did the same thing. She, you know, you can do anything you want. And my dad was the same way. And I feel like that's why whenever people say, oh, don't you feel like women aren't, um, you know, important in technology? I say, no. <laughs> you know, I don't really, I never felt that way because I never, like, I was never uh, suppressed. Like, nobody ever made me feel like I wasn't important. Like, App River never, never makes me feel like, oh, you're a girl. You can do these tasks, but you can't do these tasks. You know, they say, whatever you want to do, you can do it. And, you know, they're in the same way like my mom always was. You know, I don't, usually, I feel like people have an idea that, uh women are misrepresent, uh, misrepresented, but a lot of times it's them doing it to themselves. You know, they're too afraid, like going back to advice from earlier that you could give to younger people. I feel like most people thought, oh, my friends aren't doing that. So I'm not going to do that. You know, be, you know, do what, you know, do what you want to do. Think about yourself. You know, your friends aren't going to be paying your bills when you grow up. You know, you need to do what seems interesting to you, what seems like it's going to, you know, it's something that you want to spend the rest of your life doing and not just because somebody else is doing it, just because that seems like what you want to do. Whenever I started going to college and I was deciding what am I going to, uh, what, what am I going to major in? The first thing I did was go online and say, what majors make the make most of the money? You know, I love and, that approach. And yeah. Like, and it was important to me And math and computer science were the top two. And guess what? I did both, you know, and it wasn't, you know, and it worked out because I knew I felt the entire time I could do this because, you know, I'm smart enough. I'm strong enough. Um, but um, I myself found my found myself telling myself that I wasn't smart enough. I wasn't, you know, brave enough. When I came for the interview at App River, I left and I was like, oh, man, I just I did it so bad. And I called my dad and I told him. You know, there's no way I got that job. Well, I got the job and I got into the team and the team was like, yeah, you were so awesome. You were so great. I'm like, why, you know, did I not think that's what was going on? And then uh, randomly throughout, you know, every once in a while, I'm like, oh, man, I, you know, the, you know, Apple River is going to fire me. I'm not a very good developer. And then someone will be like, hey, man, you are just really a great developer. And I'm like, ah, so really you just have to be. Don't be afraid to believe in yourself. Like, you know, I am a good developer. You know, I do a really good job. You know, sometimes I fail, but every, just like you said, that's okay. It's okay to fail. And as long as you fail fast and you don't just keep failing, you just, you know, get back. <laughs> Learning from it might help too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fail, for sure. fail quickly. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm just curious about what Kara said. Um, do, do Does everyone in the room, do they underestimate their performance? Even always, I, th I always. think so. Yes. Always. always, even men. Uh, seriously, we always doubt our. We we are our own worst enemy. Right. Right. Yeah. Yes, especially and and I'll just speak from my experience, Gretchen. But you know, if if there's a company that's similar to mine, and there is a a male sales rep that's right beside me, chances are, and if if the um, contact is a male, chances are the gentleman's going to lead to the other guy. You know, and that's just the way the world is. And so. um 
unfortunately, being a sales rep in in my role and being a female, um, a lot of times it's perceived, well, she's just cute. Let's just look at her appearance and we'll talk to her. And um, that's not necessarily the case when I come to some of these IT firms, you know, because you do have to know your stuff. You have to, like you mentioned earlier, you have to study. You have to be perfect. You have to know their company front and back. You ha- you're afraid to fail. You have to put in the extra time. You have to put your family on the back burner and and that sort of stuff. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's a huge challenge, and you feel inferior. You do a lot of times. So Absolutely. Absolutely. So you have to self-motivate and be your own cheerleader. Absolutely. Well, it, it, yeah. it's pretty common yeah. with, with women that we're overly critical of ourselves. And uh, it, I was surprised to hear I mean, you It's say common that. with men, too. We just don't talk about it. <laughs> Seriously. We, I mean, we, we don't. We go right. through these right. exact same things. We just, we're men, and we're not supposed to talk about this stuff, right? <laughs> right. You know, I wonder if that would work concept, for women. Though. Yeah, interesting concept, though. We may disagree or agree to disagree on, on some of those points. Um, maybe because, again, of your past experience or your own personal life experiences. I've never felt... Um, that I had to subjugate my behavior going into a room with a bunch of, uh, let's say, a dom- male-dominated mm-hmm. room. Um, and maybe, again, because the way you're brought up or the way that you're, you know, you lived your life. Um, I can remember joining the Navy at 19 and walking into a room of nothing but men. And uh, the, the gentleman says, hey, you know, can you type? And I went, yep, absolutely. Great. You get to teach these guys how to copy Morse code because that was a skill. And they had to learn Morse code. And you learned on a typewriter. And when they raised their hand, there was one other guy that could type in the entire class. Says, great, you guys are in charge. Teach them how to, and, and he walked out. So it was train the trainer. And we're like, all right, well, we can type, but we can learn how to, you know, do Morse code as well. But when I grew and got older and went into rooms where I was in charge or not in charge or part of a team, what I always felt was I was just as equal, matter of fact, more so uh, sometimes because I had been empowered. And I never felt uh, detrimental or at a lower I'll just say rung of the ladder than the male next to me, whether he was a coworker or a subordinate or a junior person, maybe that was uh, working on my team or maybe even a superior. I mean, I sat with, um, you know, admirals and, and super, you know, leadership folks. And I always felt, and maybe it's the old adage of, you know, everybody puts their pants on one leg at a time, sure. regardless of where sure. they are. But I would speak to them on an equal basis and they would too. And of course you're very um, conscious of their mm-hmm. rank or their position. I was about to say, yeah, if if you were the one doing the presenting or you were the one actually presenting the information, then basically there was a learning curve going on for both them and and you. And um, that's one of the things uh, coming back to Kara, you said um, you've had a great experience with math and science and computer science and certainly at App River. The team that you work on sounds like great fun. And it sounds like you could be a mentor to several other people coming into that company today. And I feel very importantly uh, important uh, that it's a good thing to have mentors at different levels. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could learn from you and you could learn from me at regardless of your age because you bring different skills to the table. Mm-hmm. Um, and whether it's Snapchat, you were saying, you know, let's <laughs> learn that tomorrow. I don't right. think it's something I want to do. But, you know, texting is great. I'd probably do more emojis with my grandkids. My husband's an IT director and president of a company, and he couldn't text to save his life occasionally. I hope he's not listening. But... <laughs> But there are different skills you bring to the table at different uh, points in your life as you change careers, as you move up the ladder, move sideways on the ladder, or bring other people in to be on that ladder with you. And to me, it's very important to be able to um, impart, I'll just say, some of that wisdom. And it may not be wisdom to them occasionally, but knowledge or information or past experience 
you talk about women and coming up through the IT ranks. Uh, one of the great women, uh, actually, as part of the United States Navy, was the amazing uh, Grace Hopper. I don't know if you've heard about her, but Admiral Hopper, amazing Grace. I will Grace. Be going to her conference. This there year. you go. Awesome. Years ago, we had folks that stood in front of her, and she would wave her nanoseconds and explain what a nanosecond was. And most of the people had no idea. She's the one that also coined mm-hmm. the phrase bug in a computer because mm-hmm. they literally was a moth That's right. in a mainframe computer. So once you start talking to other women and younger women, like you would be a great mentor right now to kids coming out of college, girls and boys and, and male and female and younger ones in the coder dojo, you know, at the five-year-old and the seven and the nine and the 10-year-old level, there is so much wisdom and information you can part, uh, you know, uh, provide to them in terms of history and women that have come before you. Like I said, there were a lot of things I did in the 60s where we empowered women. We knew we were empowered. And we fought for a lot of different equality for women. Your mother, your grandmother, your great-grandmother probably did very similar. But then there's others that sat and, and did just as equally well raising families and, you know, making sure that the uh, dinner was on the table when, when the husband came home. That's just as important. But being able to share that information uh, in whether it's forums or a mentor relationship one-on-one or maybe multi-on-one where you teach, uh, to me is extremely important, extremely valuable as women go forward in the IT field and men, because you don't want to have an isolated female, um, I'll just say IT centric female, you know, this is what you should do, blend it because that's where the, the world's going. And, you know, pretty soon all of the children coming up aren't, aren't going to worry that, well, that was a female or a male thing. It's going to be, that's a we thing. Mm-hmm. And that's an IT thing. And it's not going to be, I don't think, gender-based. So that's, to me, very, very important to, you know, bring to the table. So, again, skills, because it's going to yeah. all be integrated at some point. Well, it's communication. Of- you know, Kara communicates beautifully mm-hmm. here. And I think she would do that, you know, uh, great to be an enabler or a mentor for younger folks as well. And there's a bunch of senior folks, I think, that would be able to really learn and, and listen. And that's the big thing is having the ability to listen as much as you're you know putting out there right we we actually at app river have a mentor program which we just started up a couple years ago Mm -hmm. and i thought um and i've personally found it to be really really helpful and great um some people chose a mentor and stuck with them over the last couple years but i've actually i'm on my third mentor now and it was just you know what at this phase in my career, I need somebody to help me with these things. Mm-hmm. But then I realize, you know what, I've gotten past those things and this other person can help me now in this other way. Um, I most recently decided I wanted a mentor who worked on my team with me so that he could see my code and he could see, um, you know, how I work and he could have very specific opinions um, about, like, how can I do what I do every day better? Um, but I also feel like what you said, like I've always wanted um, to find a way to mentor young women and um, just basically help them understand what I said earlier about it doesn't matter what your friends are doing. It matters what you want to do, how you want to succeed in life, you know, and I've always found it very strange. Like I never really understood why was there only two other girls in college with Mm -hmm. me in my computer science classes and why did they not even graduate in the end, you know, it just, it never really, um, it just doesn't make sense to me. And I kind of feel like it would just be nice to be able to speak with those girls and be like, why, you know, why haven't you chosen mm-hmm. a tech career? You know, you're on Facebook every day. I know you are, you know, um, isn't that cool? Wouldn't you like to create something like that? But I think it really has to do with this. Like I, you know, like, no, even still today, people are, I'm a girl. I'm supposed to be a nurse. 
you know, it's just a thing. I'm supposed to be a teacher, you know, and I know lots of, I have lots of friends um, that have chosen to do stuff like that and are very happy, but I have more friends that are unhappy and they're, you know, they're like, oh, I have this degree and I can do nothing with it and I'm going to work as a waitress the rest of my life, which is also another career that's perfectly acceptable. I did it for 10 years and then, you know, it got me through college. But um, if you're unhappy, just do something about it. You know, you control your life not other people. I love it. Love it. I, what you said, Peg, in terms of, I felt like there was a revolving thing in terms of teamwork. Mm-hmm. So no matter male, female, young, old, um, anything in between, purple unicorn, uh, you have to be able to to work in a team environment. Um, I grew up playing sports and uh, there's a an NCAA uh uh, motto that they kind of uh, talk about it's um, all of our athletes go pro and most of them go pro in something other than sports so there was not a professional uh, fast pitch softball um, career for me because uh, I just wouldn't have made any money so I had to go professional in something else yeah. um, and I chose IT for that reason but collaboration and teamwork has been a huge part of that and growing up playing and being a part of a team uh, I learned that you can have a healthy debate or in uh, elementary school, we call that arguing or fighting and uh, you can still come together uh, for the greater good. So we were always taught, you know, in between the fences or in between, in between the the lines, um, you were a team. Uh, But if you had an issue with each other, you leave it off the field, you leave it uh, outside the fences and you deal with that outside the fences, but then you come together as a team. So having a mentor, being able to work in a group where a team has, uh, been um, an integral part of my success. Um, I, I definitely attribute it to, uh, you know, people that I've learned from, men and women. Um, Kara's absolutely right. We have a, a great group of, of leaders at App River. Um, typically in the IT world, and especially in a startup environment, you, because you're the best at your job, you typically become the mentor, you become the manager. Um, so we launched a, a coaching uh uh, leadership management uh, development program at App River to help those mentors and to help those those new leaders as they grow. But it's all about uh, managing the team and the project. So I think there's there's great messages, um, Peg, that you were talking about and, and Kara that you were talking about in terms of uh, gravitating toward people that um, can help you reach your goals. No, I appreciate that. Yeah, I think it's it's very important. And you're right, male or female, you're going to get different things, men and women still think differently. They organize their thoughts differently. And here's your opportunity to mentor young males as well, because men coming up today is the same in any generation. You know, they have different uh, or, or ideas and things, and they may not be around, um, let's say, a nurturing relationship or a, a mother relationship where the mother is in the home and um, or the mother at work. And so it's how they perceive that as they get out into the world, whether it's college or anything else. How they're going to deal with women is how um, uh, initially, you know, coming from their home place. But one of the things you want to do is make sure how can they be an effective role model for other males coming up as well. Completely agree. Right. And don't forget about your team at home, your your partner, your spouse, um, and your children. Um, you know, teaching them to be part of the the team family uh, dynamic is is huge. Peg, you talked a little bit about you know, uh, you know, women, earlier generations uh, pursuing careers and having, you know, dinner on the table. Uh, my husband and I, we were striving to have a true partnership so that my daughters can see my husband 
make dinner or order pizza, um, <laughs> whatever the case might be. Um, but it's important for them to see that um, so that when they're picking their mate uh, in the future, that they know um, that they can pick someone who's well-versed in the workforce um, as well as at home. So I think uh, that whole team uh, collaboration piece uh, works well at uh, and work. And they might have a wicked softball pitch too, right? And they might. And they might. <laughs> they might. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You, you could play on the softball team that river. I know. I know. It's play, It's slow pitch though, right? It is slow pitch. And, uh, yeah, I, see, once you go to fast pitch, you, can, <laughs> you just can't my, go back. Yeah, my daughter's yeah. doing this. So it's, it's, she's in a fast pitch now, so she, you can't do the slow yeah. pitch. It's uh, it's very difficult. It's yeah. very difficult to go from, from one to the other. It's but like rolling up with an apple and then trying to go back to Commodore 64, <laughs> right? It's right. just oh, not yeah. going to happen. Well, I'm... It's also less scary. That's true. So that's true. That's you don't true. have to worry about like getting a black eye. That's true. P- playing competitive for so many years, though, that's going different. out and yeah. playing like a recreational, let's have fun. I think I would be so intense that they would probably kick me off the team yeah. because I'd be like, well, we didn't score. We, didn't, we yeah. had bases loaded and we didn't score. Um, I'd be really upset. But yes, I, I love fast pitch softball. I do camps around the, the community uh-huh. here. And uh, it was huge part of my upbringing. My parents traveled with me every weekend. God bless them. I love you, mom and dad. Uh, and even, <laughs> even my uh, grandmother. Shout outs cost five bucks too, by the way. <laughs> um, so I, I definitely see that in my future uh, with uh, my kids. Cool. So I'll be paying it forward. Well, uh, look, we're getting towards the end of time here, but I, I want to cover uh, just one really good thing that all of you got from I-10 Wired Summit last year. So uh, whoever wants to start. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, I, this is, uh, you know, Peg. One of the things I said earlier was um, I really enjoyed speaking to people, uh, especially your young people. We had a lot of young people stop by the booth or you, you know, met in some of the sessions. And they had the same questions we do today, you know, and the same questions we've had when we were younger is, you know, what do I need to do to uh, get an effective job? Um, Kara had a, a great approach to where I'm going to take math and computer science and, and look for fields that actually I can earn a paycheck, which is important. Um, and I like to say it's not everything, but certainly today you have to be able to support yourself and support your family if that's uh, where you're going or, or you can watch the HG channel and build these small houses and travel around the world and, and have your business in the back of your, you know, 100 square foot, you know, living space, uh, which is doable too. So there's so many different things, but I really enjoyed that. Um, I enjoyed um, just bringing awareness to them about what they could do. Um, other professional certifications that they may want to go after that maybe they didn't think about because they kind of got wrapped up in the IT centric. Um, one of the things I find, um, I'm working with a lot of Navy sailors now building mobile apps uh, and I was one of those that built Navy online courses and what we called portals for our sailors. And just like any other group, it's like a college university. Uh, there's a continuous training. And one of the things I find is that people get so caught up in the technology that they can't really see the creative aspect of it or problem solving. And to me, that's the biggest thing that you need to do. Um, so talking to the folks saying, all right, you took a lot of IT courses. Have you taken any art courses? Well, gosh, No. Well, take some art courses because you're going to be designing things for customers. And you have to be able, to me, to be creative in that. Let me show you an object or a, or a, a hand sketch on the wall of what this could look like. What's the end product? You know, I want a website. I want a mobile app. I want this. I want this picture. Um, coding is very much like that. It's, it's a language, but at the same time, I think it's very visual. And you have to be able to show that customer what that visual end product is. And when I say take an art class, it's like take something that gives you a little freedom to be able to draw something freehand. Yes, computer base is fine, and you can take a 
a pencil and do it on your iPad now, but it's not the same. And it does, doesn't give you the same touch quality that you have with your customer when you can draw a sketch and say, hey, let me put this on the whiteboard and like lay this out for you. You know, is this what you're looking for? But be open to that. Be open to talking to the people. And and I've been at the I-10 Wire now three years in a row, I think. And that's the biggest thing I still come away with are the impressions of the younger folks that chat with you and where they want to be. And then some of the sessions. The only one session I literally can remember from last October, and I can't remember the name because as you get older, you'll find the names kind of go off into a little gray cloud. And they used to be gray, and now the names aren't there at all. So it's more of a black cloud. However, comma, <laughs> she stood up. And there for five minutes, very quick. Remember those fast little five minutes? Here's what I'm going to talk about. And she told you how to create your password. Passwords are important for information assurance and cybersecurity. You probably have tons of them. And everybody writes them down. However, comma, she came up with a little program on how to do it. You know, pick four letters here, do this, do this, something that you're going to remember always. You're not going to forget. And structure your password on that. 14 characters, 15 characters, 17 characters. How do you remember to create those? And literally to this day, I'm now creating my passwords the way she did in that five-minute spiel. And that is the one biggest thing I think I took away from the I-10 Wired last, last year was memory tricks and, uh, you know, talking to young people. And both of them work, I think, equally well. So That's awesome. Karen, my biggest thing Gretchen. is uh, just learning what's new and mm-hmm. exciting out there um, because we do get wrapped up in our day-to-day jobs um, and our personal lives. Uh, So seeing what's new and uh, what's innovative and and what people uh, in our I-10 region or Gulf Coast region uh, are doing, I think is just amazing. And in turn, I I end up sharing that with uh, my counterparts and and people that I work with that don't live here in terms of our strategic partners. Rhonda, you were a you were a vendor and, and sponsor last year, so yes. you kind of so had my a approach different... is a little bit different. Even though I think maybe Peg, you were a, a vendor sponsor as well, yes, right? We and were. you also were yes, able to attend some of the breakout sessions. Correct. So this year, that's kind of my goal is to attend um, specifically a, a breakout session um, re- surrounding interviewing and and landing that perfect job or what someone would perceive as the perfect job. But from what I learned last year is that yes, I can do uh, talk radio. Yes, that's right. This is this y- is very Yeti true. Yeti tumblers to, to keep. <laughs> <laughs> I won't be afraid. I only have one. I gave the other three out, okay, so I wasn't agreed. Big. <laughs> and um, just networking with everyone, and that's big in my field. So um, this year, I'm going to take a different approach to it. But for me personally, I think it was great to uh, network with everyone, and then and you're just around like people. You're around someone that has a common interest. And so for me, I thought, you know, the, the pulse of the environment was just so lively. I really enjoyed it. So Very about cool. you, Bailey? That's just, I'm saying, I mean, we were both there for the same reason. So it was, I got to network with people and got to tell people about what Sirius does. And um, they got to learn about us. And hopefully in the future, we'll get to help them, you know, find job opportunities if they ever do need to, you know, need our services. So that was important for us. Mm-hmm. I was not in the I-10 wire. <laughs> we'll have to make sure that you get there this year, right? this year. Yeah, that sounds like something that I would definitely enjoy doing. Very cool. Well, I want to thank all of you for coming and hanging out with us this morning. Thank you, Keith. Thanks yeah. for having us. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, these these are not bad days for me when we get to sit and talk about fun stuff. So um, if anybody is interested in I-10 Wired, it is going to be October 12th through the 14th at uh, Pensacola Beach, Florida. And you can find tickets and all the other information on itinwired.com. Again, ladies, thank you all for coming out here today. This has been Itinwired Radio. 
This show is brought to you by IT Gulf Coast, Florida West, and App River. If you are interested in sponsoring I-10 Wired Radio, please call 850-288-9959.